This episode of Lash Boss Radio is brought to you by Paris Lash Academy. If you guys haven't heard of PLA, they are known for their pro-made fans. Even before uh, pre-mades, pro-mades were a thing and done well by a lot of companies, they were doing it right. They actually have their own manufacturing facility in Vietnam, and that is just next-level quality control, if you ask me. Um, I love PLA because uh, their team is just so incredibly generous and kind and sweet. Last year, I met them at the event that I threw with LashCast, which was the Las Vegas Lash Social, which was during IBS. We're doing it again this year, but um, I met them there and they were all like all smiles, all hanging out, just looked so happy to be together. And I just really liked that. I love that inside of a company. So They've got great quality products and their customer service is like unmatched. They're probably one of the most generous um, companies that I have come across. So thank you so much, PLA, for sponsoring today's episode. If you guys want to shop Paris Lash Academy, you can do so at parislashacademy.com and use code LASHBOSSRADIO for 15% off of your order. Thank you again, PLA, and here is today's episode. Welcome back to Lash Boss Radio. I'm Shelby, your host, and today I am joined by a very special guest, Michelle from PLA. I am so excited to finally have her on the show, learn a little bit more about her lash journey and all about PLA. I've talked about PLA so much in the last several episodes, so um, so excited to finally have you on. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. It's an honor. I actually listened to your uh, podcast and I um, I love how you, your podcast is feel so authentic. And um, and I wish I had that as a lash artist when I was lashing. Um, so it's an honor to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much. That is such a huge compliment. Um, so to start, um, I would love to just hear just how you got started in the lash industry um, and just just your start, and then we'll get into PLA too. Um, yes. So I originally, I came to America when I was 18 years old, um, and my mom sent me to America on, with like a one-way ticket, and she's like, this is one-way ticket. This is all I could really afford, and she gave me $2,000. Um, and that was all the money that she had. And I said, okay, I guess I'm, I'm going. I was 18 years old. And, you know, being 18 years old, you were excited about life and you, you don't really know any danger to be scared of. Um, so I came to Arizona, which is uh, my aunt live in Arizona. And I started going to ASU. Um, I start working as a, um, a waitress nighttime um, to help pay for my school. The problem is I was not, I was an international student. So technically I was not legally working because I don't have a social security number. So um, I worked there for about a year and then my aunt say, hey, Michelle, once I got my social security number, my aunt said, hey, Michelle, do you want to come to the salon and help me work managing the salon, answering the phone, all of that stuff? And I said, yeah, it would really be nice to get out of working at a restaurant, you know, until like 1030 at night. Um, so I started there and, um, and one of my cousin who works there did eyelash extensions for a living. Um, I watched these women just kind of leave the room and then just have this like glowy beam about them. And I didn't really understand 
until I actually got a set done myself. And then I'm like, <gasps> what has this been all my life? I feel like I was a different person, you know? And then when I found out how much money she was making doing lashes, um, it was really a good push for me to try that directions. Um, at first, it was a huge letdown for my parents. My parents being Asian, being very traditional, they had planned, like, I supposed to go to pharmaceutical school. And I was doing really well at school, too. Um, so when I told my parents, I said, I think I would do eyelash extensions for a living. Um, I don't think my mom talked to me for like six months. It's <laughs> a really long time. Yeah, it was not a good um, start. But at that time, I was just like, I can't work for $8 an hour for forever. You know, I, I really want to try this. And I told my parents, I said, if I try this and um, I love it and I make a good living, can I give it a year to try? And I was like 20 at that time. So I said, I'll be 21 and then I'll still have plenty of time to go back to school if it doesn't work out. Um, and my parents are like, fine, just fine, whatever, Michelle. Uh, I went into it and I just, I start develop the love for lashing. At that time, we were still lashing out for like a pot. Mm -hmm. And you pick out what I call horse hair <laughs> now looking back because it's just like these super thick classic 0 0.2 and 0 0.25. Um, and lashes has come such a long way. But at that time, that's what we were left to work with. And and I fell in love with not how my lashes look, but how the way I make women feel after the appointment. Um, so by nature, I'm a people pleaser. And I think that's what fueled my fire where people's like, oh my gosh, I love my lashes. And I'm like, I found my calling. That this is what I'm supposed to do. Um, and and I kind of go from there, never turn back. Wow. Okay. So this was must have been like 2012 or so. Well, 2007. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> what? Well, Long time ago, 2007, 2008. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So you are one of our industry, like OGs for sure. Usually we have people that are like, yeah, I started in 2011, 12, 13. Um, so yeah, that's incredible. So you've seen the industry literally from the beginning. Um, okay. So you were working with, you said your cousin, right? Yeah, so I worked with my aunt and my cousin. Okay, my cousin was the first one that showed me how to do lashes. So why? at what point did PLA become like a little twinkle in your eye? When did you start thinking, I actually want to go into product now? How long was that? Um, how long was that be between, you know, being a lash artist and then starting the brand? Um. So... Yeah, I kind of was born by sort of accident. I um, I grew from being by myself to I own a salon. And by that time, I had about seven or eight lash artists under me. Then I realized how much I was paying for supplies. And back at that time, uh, the adhesive I used was like $65, $80, um, a bottle of adhesive. And every time that I buy it, I would, it would cost me $700 just what he said to stock up for my salon and it was getting incredibly expensive so I figure if I buy this in bulk um, then I would be able to just lower the cost for my um, own salon and make a little bit more money and also at that time there was so much there was so many things I was unhappy about the products I was using so I figure if I have a say in how it is being made it would make our job easier 
So I'm not the best at lashing. I'm always the first one to say I'm not a natural, um, you know, artist where um, it really took me a long time to learn how to lash. And then it really took me a long time to learn how to do volume lashes. I think for the first volume lashes that I've ever taken, um, it was the first class we ever taught volumes in America. Um, off of the 10 students there, I was probably the only one that didn't get it mm. at the end of the class where I was just like, this is a total waste of money, money I didn't really have. Um, and I don't understand why everyone got it and I didn't. And I just came to an understanding and agreement with myself. I'm not a natural lash artist. So like for my sister, she get it right away. For a lot of people that I teach, they get it right away. And for me, it always is a struggle and it takes a lot of practice for me to get there. So um, I wanted to make products that make it for people like me a little bit easier. Making fan was always a struggle for me when I first started learning volumes. Um, so that's when I start buying product. I reach out to vendors and start sampling products and first brought it into the Paris salon. Um, and then when I realized that, hey, if I order enough, I could actually have a say in, I want the backing to look like this. I want the strip to look like this. That was when um, I went home and I told my parents, I said, I think I'm going to start a lash line and at least have the good products for me. And then if I could sell it a little bit and make extra diaper money for my kids, that would be awesome. And my parents are very supportive. They're like, yeah, go do it. It's going to be great. Um, and then I toy with the idea for a good few months until um, I actually chuckled because I listened to her on your podcast before Courtney, um, Courtney that uh, used to own Sugar Lash. So um, she, um, there was an article written about Courtney and Shugalash and how, about how huge and massive they were. And, you know, they're at that time, probably one of the biggest company and the revenue that it were bringing in. So I read that article. I went home, I stood at my dad's kitchen counter and I said, dad, like I read this article about this girl who, you know, made all of this happen in her small town and how much she care about her people and how much she care about the business. And I think I could really make a difference. Um, you know, if I, if I launched this lash line to my dad's like, yes, go do it. Let me know how, you know, I can help you. Um, so I went home, convinced my husband to take our life-saving Tiny life saving um, to start that lash line and 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 so I know I've never met Courtney in person, uh, but um, but that was really the last push that I needed um, to get the PLA line launched. I'm sure she would love to hear that. That is so cool. She doesn't know, but yes. Wow. Um, okay. So what 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 year was it that PLA started? Was that 2018? 2018 officially launched. Um, we have the product line probably about six months before that um, to make sure you know everything goes good and fine. But um, but officially, I think August 2018. I have so many questions um, and comments <laughs> and everything. But so okay, you had you you ordered your first stuff and your your staff was using it first. Um, what was their reaction to it whenever they first received it? Did they know you were working on this already? Was it a surprise to them and how did they respond to the new products? So I told them that the main reason why I brought it in to um, cut costs in products. So at that time, I pay a lot of 
my course um, at that time very high commission. So I need to make sure that I cut down my cost in order for me to stay profitable or even keep my doors open. Um, so it wasn't a surprise to them. I told them ahead of time. And I also told them, be brutally honest with me about what you like and what you don't like and what you wish would be different. Um, and um, and that's what they did. So uh, they gave me a lot of feedback. And actually, the adhesive line that I brought in, um, the first two adhesive that I brought in has been an adhesive that I've used for a good three years prior to that. So I just worked directly with the manufacturers and brought it in. Um, there's some product that they come back and they're like, Michelle, that sucks. And I'm like, tell me why it sucks and how do I make it better? Um, so I do have the fortunate part where I think a lot of brand owners don't have is I work in a salon with a lot of lash artists where they were not afraid to tell me, I want this. How do we make this better? I want the squeezers to have this kind of tensions. Um, so I was, I had a leg up when when it comes to product development. That's awesome. Um, so is do you guys have any stats on? Because 2018 wasn't a long time ago at all. Um, especially you know with the pandemic, it feels like we have. S- skipped time but um do you guys have any stats of how fast you guys have grown because just by i i would think that it's one of the fastest growing brands in our industry is it so um so we grow from the first year to last year um hard to count this year because this year is kind of like a a little bit of a weird year um um, but also we're not at the end of the year yet We've grown about 330% year over year um, in the last five years. So um, I say like the first year I probably brought in, well, the first year we opened in August. So I probably brought in like $10,000 for the first year um, with our product lines. And it grew massively until um, um, until um, last year. And, and I could say this number because it was actually an article written about it already. So last year we hit $30 million. Um, so we did from 2018 until last year, about 330% year over year. That is insane. Um, congratulations. Thank you. It's a little crazy. And um, I feel very fortunate, but I also feel like it doesn't really belongs to me or it's not really mine because I feel like such an imposter because I don't have a business background. So I feel like I go in and I play CEO every day, but I don't know half of the stuff that's happening. And then I kind of try to learn it or play firefighter every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's, I'm very different with a lot of other companies, especially beauty, when you're talking about just not, not lashes, but like beauty company, a tons of CEO has been in business for a long time. And I always say I'm a CEO by accident because half of the time, you know, I come to Caitlin, our VP of marketing, or Jeff, our controller, and I say, hey, this happened. What is the next step? What are we doing? So I'm learning more from my staff than I actually teaching them, which which always is awesome. But um, but sometimes I feel a little bit like an imposter. So. It's so inter- that's so interesting to hear you say that. And um I you know, I think just from observing, I think people love y'all's as a team, y'all's culture is just so strong and y'all are very humble, you're very kind, generous, all of the things. And you know how they say your brand is who you who people say you are when you're not in the room? 
any time I've heard someone bring up PLA or you, um, it's nothing but good things. And everyone always says the same stuff, like they're the nicest people ever. And their team is just always smiling. And so I know that that didn't happen by accident. And it has so much to do with you, the leader, um, as a person and the way that you, you know, choose to lead your team every day. So that is a huge accomplishment. And I hope that you are so proud of yourself for that. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, I do have an incredible team. And I say um, all the time, I can't take credit for all the great things that marketing does or financially, you know, our accounting firm or product development does. I help a little bit in all department. Um, but um, but I say my biggest accomplishment when it comes to PLA is the team that I built. Um, we have such great people. And at first, I'm such a control freak where I'm like, I'm going to every conferences. And then now we decided that we're going to expand and go to more conference and, you know, engage in more speaking engagement. I'm not going to every single one anymore. And at first I was terrified. And then I realized what a kick-ass team I have. And they did better than when I'm actually there. So I'm like, you guys go. You guys got it. It's great. So um, so I do have I do have a really nice team mm -hmm. and from my warehouse team, a lot of people don't get to see my warehouse team, but majority of my warehouse team has been with me from the beginning. A lot of them quit other job um, and comes to PLA. So like we have people that used to deliver mails for PLA, like work for DHL or UPS and they quit their job and then they come to PLA to work. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, um, so we have an incredible team all around. Okay. So how many people in each department do you have? So um, I say marketing team have about 13 people. That's um, probably our biggest um, office team. And then we have three at um, product development. We have three that works in uh, private label and distributors. Um, we have accounting, a couple of people. And, um, and then we have, you know, like one or two people department, um, kind of random, like my assistant, um, you know, graphic design. But um, the warehouse team is probably the biggest team. I say they have about like 20 ish people about all together we have like 53 wow that is incredible and then um at, at one point how you had a really large number of people in your salon too what was the highest that it had gotten 43 when i sold it, it has 43 people is it still operating today it is still operating today it went through two separate um two different owners but um so the first owner bought it and then they sold it last year um, I sold it in 2000. Oh God, it feels like a long time ago, but it has only been three years that I sold it. Wow. So yeah, I sold it in 2020 and, um, and they're on the second owners right now. It's like five minutes from my house. So, um, so we still kind of go there and it's right next to my kid's school. So for somebody, let's say that has a business right now and they have another, you know, stream of income coming in that they feel like they can't give a lot to because they're still working on their initial baby that they started that may be hard to let go of. Do you have any advice for them or what was your, you know, turning point where you knew that you had to do that? Yeah. So for me, it, um, it was extremely hard to give up my salon and then focus on PLA full time. Cause at that time for me, my salon was bringing in about $1.5 million a year gross self. And then we were netting right about 400 grand a year, which is a lot 
of money for 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 our family. Um, I've never made that much money before, you know. So I'm like, this is this is how I'm retiring. Um, but and then at that time, PLN was still in my parents' garage, was still like twenty little buckets in my parents' garage, and I was burning the candle on from both ends. I was lashing and managing the salon you know, six days a week. And then I would work on PLA for four or five hours after I get off work. Mind you, I had two little kids at that time, uh, uh, two years old and a four years old. Um, so so I had to be very realistic with myself and say, I need to pick one or the other. Otherwise, I'm going to suck at both because then my salon starts to suffer because I was so sleep deprived that I was not there 100%. And then I was there, but Physically, I'm working on PLA. And then when I'm at night working on PLA, I was running on empty. And then my kids and my husband needed me too. Um, so I thought about it. And though I love lashing, I think by nature, I'm an entrepreneur. And that's what drives me. Number drives me. Sales strategy uh, drives me. And what I love the most about PLA at that time was my freedom to make whatever I want. Um, and then put it on the market and test it. It was scary. Um, but you have to think like five years ago, lashes didn't have a lot of options. Mm -hmm. I mean, now we have the star in the sun, but back then we didn't really have a whole lot. Um, so, so I went home and tried to convince my husband to, you know, cause I mean, you know, we married and I, I say, I can't just sell the business without talking to him. Um, so I convinced him to let me sell it. It took quite a bit of convincing. Um, and, Looking back now, um, I can't believe I did that. It was terrifying. Um, but then I thought if I fail at PLA, I know lashing, I can always go back to lashing. And I built that salon once, I can rebuild another one. It may take me five years to do it, but I know it's within me to do it. Um, and I know if I didn't get PLA 100%, it was still always going to be in my parents' garage because that that's about how much time I dedicate to it. So for people that have to have a business and a side hustle and you don't know which one that you dedicate your time to, I say sit down. Don't think about the number because if you do it right, the number will come, right? The money will follow. But you have to see what you love the most that you can put 110% of yourself in there and grow that business. Um, for me, PLA was very risky, but it to me, I know I would be so happy working there and as long as I make enough money to support my family, I know I always have the chance to grow it. Um, coming out with a product line, lots of people come and ask me about this. I said it's terrifying, but it's very rewarding. Do you rather stay in a job that you kind of slowly burned out and been doing it for five years or 10 years? Um, or do you want to try something new and exciting? And then again, if you fail at the new at the side hustle, the skills that you have working, owning your business is something that is a part of you. You can do it again. So just think about that. Um, I tell people, go for it. It's, you know, it's, I get bored very easy. So if I stay at my salon for a long time, I think I'm going to be resentful of my customer <laughs> eventually, be resentful of, of just the job that drags me there six days a week. Yeah. I mean, um, I think that you're speaking to a lot of people right now. You're speaking to me. Um, so I, I appreciate you sharing that because a lot of us in this industry where we 
we love lashes, but we also have other passions too. And then when we start following those, it's almost like we start realizing um, it's kind of the same thing as whenever you enter the industry and you're trying to do all of the things like waxing, nails, um, facials, lashes, and then you decide to specialize in one thing and everything takes off. It's kind of the same way where as if we're spreading ourselves over so many different avenues, um, we can't fully grow each one to its p- max potential. Um, and also what I hear is just so much of what you do is you try not to do it all by yourself and you try to bring people on to share the journey with and um, also to help grow the business. Can you can you share some of the the most impactful hires that you've had so far? Um, so we have everyone in POI plays a certain role. Um, and we, we're very careful when we hire. We don't just go out and hire people because, oh, we need a person that, you know, can do this and this. Um, at first, I saw, I, at first, when I didn't know, I hire people that I know, which is really great because it helps me develop um, a tight community in, within just my team. And they were willing to um, do whatever, you know. If they, I hired them for marketing and they need a pack order, they wrote a sleeve up and they do that. Um, now that PLA grows a little bit bigger um, and I learned the lessons about being strategic, about hiring people, I would say it's so important for people to hire a great marketing person and a great accounting person. Um, and uh, for a brand like me, hiring a good person that have good product knowledgement um, also is a good turning point. So I love all my POA employees, but I say the three people, um, the four people that make the biggest impact in the company, that's not my family, that's not my sister, that's not my brother, um, is um, Caitlin, who owns, who she's now the VP of marketing. When we hired Caitlin, um, I told Caitlin that my goal for the next year would be for the highest month, we'll hit a million dollars a month. Uh, within 20 days of hiring Caitlin, we hit our first million dollars a month. Um, and and those were th- the things that she knew, I never even thought of or know. That's why I said I hire people um, that's so much smarter than I am at what they do. So I think that's very important. Marketing is very important for a brand. The second person um, that we hired that I think make a huge impact is Loretta. Loretta came on our team as um, product development, and she has a chemist background. So she was able to sit down to every uh, and and break down all the ingredients for me and explain to me how mechanically tweezers work. Um, before I just know I love a glue because I love a glue. Um, and it works for me. I didn't really understand all the component that goes into an adhesive and why it would work for me and not work for other people. Um, so bringing her in really widen and really teach me the product line aspect of it. Um, the third person we brought in is Jeff. We very endearingly call him Papa Jeff. Um, he's probably, I hope he's not listening, the oldest employee um, in our um, company right now. So everyone look up to him like a dad. And um, and he's the first one to ma- teach me how to manage money. Um, and I'm not a wasteful person, but I have no idea that I didn't know how to manage money or make my money grow besides work hard for it. 
Um, so when I brought him in, he told me, he said, Michelle, this is what you have to do with your money. This is how you have to structure your company. So then if anything happened, you are protected. Um, so he really watched out for our company and he helped us make financially sound decision. So for this year, um, it has been a very hard year for business every elsewhere. And I don't panic nearly as much as I would have if um, it weren't for Jeff, because because of his smart financial decision, we're making more money we would this year than we did last year, even though we'll probably sell the same, a little bit about the same, but our expense this year is a little bit more because we have more staff. Um, but because he he has made such good financial decisions and helped me understand and learn the business as I grow. Um, um, that really, really helped me. So I always say I'm a CEO at school every day because they they all came in and they're like, Michelle, this is how I suggest that you do things. It still is your call, but this is how like, we would do it. Um, and then we work together as a team. The last person I would say really taught me um, a skills that I don't have very well too is negotiating. Um, um, we brought in last year, we brought in Jordan, who is now the head of our um, product development and head of sales department. He helps me understand the difference of a cent, um, where sometimes I see him go so hard at negotiating things down one cent or two cents. And I'm like, Jordan, this one cent, just let it go, just let it, just let it go. And he goes, you don't understand the difference of that one sense when you order a hundred thousands unit, because if I let that go, then that's not going to save you X amount. Once he break down the math for me and he taught me the art of negotiating, I was like, oh, I got ripped up. I got really ripped up the last four years. Um, so, so all, those are all the things that I learned. And I think for a brand importance to have at first, you're not going to have four people that you can afford to bring in at, you know, six figure salaries to, to say, Hey, do all these things for me. And if you do, yay, good for you. But at first you kind of have to play those four important role. And then as you can afford to hire people that's smarter than you, that specialize in that and listen to them. I think that would really, really help. So at this point, what is your what is your day to day look like whenever you go to work? Um, it's different every day. Um, last year or the year before, I could probably tell you exactly what I do every day. Um, because I'll be checking with this apartment, checking with this person, see where the project is. Probably go to the warehouse. You know, look at order, help packing a little bit. Um, my days now are very interesting day through day and it's all different because i have such great people that run the department i actually only manage five people so um i know wow. i know isn't that crazy yeah so back then i would be managing everyone and talking to everyone so if someone's broke up with their boyfriend they would come to my room and then we'll talk about for two hours or if someone's you know um you know, have a cut in their hands, I would um, drive them to the urgent care. So that was kind of my day very, very um, into the weed of everything. Now I have such good team member. And then I find out that my employees much rather talk to the direct supervisor about their, and then we have great HR, you know, that they come in and they talk and they actually have more of a solution. Let me help you rather than just listen like I did. Uh, my day now in, uh, I mainly do um, financial numbers, 
um, strategic, how to help our company grow, um, product development, which is what I love most. Um, and I peek my head into marketing every once in a while because they really got it. Um, so they they mainly just show me what they're going to do. And then they wait for me to go like, yeah, that sounds great. And then they do it. So I really get to do um, what I love is is product development and, um, and education. So I get to do a little bit of education. Wow. I actually was going to ask you earlier about like each year what its kind of era was like. And you kind of answered that. So I know when PLA first started, you were working so hard in getting the name out there and you were always on the forums and giving back to the community a lot. And then it sounds like um, the last two years, you've kind of worked on building up the different departments to be as strong as they can be without your necessary, like maybe necessarily needing you as much. Um, is that right? Did you Did you go into it like that with that strategy of, hey, okay, I want by year five me to be pulled back and have heads of departments leading the way. Did you have any sort of strategy or was it more so just looking at the very next step? So um, it's actually the opposite. Again, I'm a control freak. I like to have my hands in so many pots as possible and kind of figure out like what's happening? What are you guys doing? When are we launching that? Um, And then um, the reality is I actually am not good at those things. Um, so my employees, especially my managers or my, uh, you know, our VPs or um, our controller at one point, just like, Michelle, my goal is for you to get out of my department and I can run it um, and you go do something else that you like. And I said, no, I want to, I want to help. And they said, you're not helping. You just have to make decision. And I say, okay, at first it was such a hard thing for me to learn to let go because then I'm like, what are you talking about? I built this from the ground up. Don't kick me out. And then I realized, gosh, they get so much more done without. I used to have to look at every single video before I would let them post it. And then now I realize once I let go the will, their creativity flow, they make great videos, they have great captions, and only technicality video I need to look at to make sure that it line, aligned with what um, we teach in classes. But other than that, they have fun without me watching over them, um, you know, kind of go like, what's happening? And also for them to report to me, it takes some time away from them doing their job. It takes time away from me just what is going on and not allowing me to do the things that I really, really love. So almost like a parent with teenager children that being an adult, you have to let them go and let them shine. Um, I've learned that the last two years and that's, that's probably my toughest learning lessons as a CEO because I'm, I wanted to know them all. I wanted to do everything and, and I can't. And I realized my staff does it much better without me. So they come back and they say, my goal is for you by the end of this year, this is all the things you get to see you that we need your approval from. And beyond that, I'll let you know if there's anything changes. Otherwise, we're going to run it. When we come up with a new idea, we'll come in and say it to you. So then um, I, I talked to about five people about work. And then I talked to all my staff about life, about what's happening, because I still want to know them. But I don't need to know what Andre does today. I don't need to breathe down his neck and say, what are you doing today, Andre? Because he has two people he reports to. And and if something goes wrong, what I just go to the direct manager. Building a system um, at PLA has really helped us grow and have more structure and um, less balls dropped. Um, and 
I, I ran my salon and then I ran my business as a mom and pop shop for so long. So this is something that I have to learn. And I at first very resistant, but I think um, it helps me grow. It helps mostly me grow. I think I've done more growing than I did in the last year than I did in like the first four years of owning PLA because um, I'm learning skills now that I, I never had before. Wow. Would you say um, at any time when you were growing um, either your salon or PLA, were you, would you characterize yourself as being stressed out at that time at all? All the time. Do you feel... Like do you feel like you're less stressed now than you were back then? Um, I think stress on different scales. So when I owned the salon, I was always playing firefighter, which a lot of salon owners, I'm sure, can attest. You know, every day, what did this person do? What customer was mad and pissed off? Um, but the moment I went home, it stopped. And then it started again the next morning at 9 o'clock. Um, cause no, no emergency happened between 7 PM and 9 AM the next morning. But, um, but now my level of stress has more to do with, um, the goal we set out for ourselves and the amount of people we employed here and in Asia and, and what responsibility you have for them. It's no longer a money goal. It's no longer a, how much am I making this year goal? As long as I pay my bills, that's that's all I kind of care about. But at this point, if we lose, if our sales goes down, that means 50 people lost their job in Asia. And and that's just not something I can go back and face. It's 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 so hard for me to deal with that, you know, especially in this economy. Um, but um, but um Yes, I'm stressed out all the time. I people talk about work life balance. I think that's like a whole nother level. I I have not gotten to yet. Um, I know a lot of people say like I got work life balance and it's great. And I'm like, teach me your way. Like, how did you get there? Um, I don't have great work life balance. And thanks to my husband, who really is the rock of our family and really take great care of our kids. Um, and he understands I'm very career driven, so he um, he doesn't guilt trip me. You know, he doesn't say why are you gone for three weeks you know the kids haven't gotten to see you he knows i'm doing things necessary and i'm never gone longer than i absolutely have to um so um so that's kind of my tiny bit of work-life balance but but i'm very far from actually you know no stress life um i i think you know and and stresses i think is good i thrive on stress i work well under pressure um just maybe a tiny bit less. Maybe next year when the economy picks up, I would stress a little less. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I actually want to ask you about your, um, your you because you have your own, you make your own lashes. It's in Vietnam, right? Yes. Can you tell me a little bit about that, when you started that in this whole process? Um, and uh, is that what you were, is that why you were in Asia recently? So um, I we start making our own lashes just prior to um, like the whole main shutdown in COVID. Um, I had a really bad shipment. I used to order my lashes from China and then I had a really bad shipment. And it was about, I probably want to say about $35,000, which was a lot of money at that time for me. I got the order. I opened it. Everything completely lost its curve. It was completely flat. 
And I'm like, oh no, not only I don't have supplies to sell, what am I going to do with this? And then I contact them and they like, oh, too bad, so sad, pretty much. And say, too bad, so sad. You know, we'll give you a 20% discount when you place the next order. It was not $35,000 that I could afford to lose. Um, and um, and I said, no, 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 I, I can't do business like this. And then I do, I look more into how um, some of the manufacturers do business overseas. And it's, they don't, their profit margin is smaller. So if there's something's wrong with the shipment, they technically cannot afford to remake the whole entire shipment for you and send it. So they just kind of wash their hands. Or if you buy them from a trader, which majority of people buy them from traders, they just don't know that they're buying them from a trader, just a trading company. Um, then, you know, then because their profit margins is small, because they just make sort of commission. Um, they don't really, they can't really afford to make it for you. So they like, I'm sorry, Michelle. So that's when I said, okay, I'm going to take this really matter into my own hand. Went back to Asia, um, talked to, you know, a few people. I kind of uh, bumped into a girl um, on a Facebook group by accident, and she was hand-making fans, um, and she was selling them, packaging them in like a box of 100 and selling it. And then I told her, I said, would you make it for me? And then, you know, gather a few people, teach them, make it for me, and then I'll buy everything that you guys make. That's kind of how it started. And then when she no longer can physically make what I'm, I was selling anymore, um, um, I talked to her and I said, I will open a manufacturer so you come in and help me run it. And over the time that we worked together, we commercialized um, the process. We put mold and QC and you know everything into place to ensure that products are good. That's kind of where it started. Um, and you know, and now we have about seven hundred and fifty people that work there doing our lashes. Wow, that is a yeah. hu that's huge. It's a village to make lashes. It's very tedious. Wow, good for you. And um, that is just so cool. I I know that you guys also um, help people who want to start their own lines um they basically can use your manufacturer is that technically called white labeling so um there's uh, three different systems that we offer um the simplest one is if you want to be a distributor so like a retail partner distributor you buy product you pretty much get about 45 percent off um, and then you can sell pla products at your store and then just make the 45% off different. That's option number one. It's very simple. Option number two, um, typically I, I brought this option in because of a lot of salon owner um, have the fear that, hey, if I bring in your products and then, you know, my lash artist use the products and then they leave, they would know where I buy products from. I don't understand. I don't understand that mentality, but I get what they're saying. So they want to order a white box label they want to buy my products, but they want to order it in a white box label. Um, so they, they kind of want to gatekeep the products a little bit, or also they want to um, slap, their, say, slap their labels on really, really quickly with like a sticker and then sell them. Um, then that's how white label was born. So just like a box, like a lash box, but white. So you can't identify the brand. Um, so that's the middle options. And then the top option is we'll make private label any products for you in lashes. Um, we specialize in adhesive and lash um, promate um, um, specifically, but we make everything else in um, in lashes as well. Um, so if you want to launch your own brand, 
you can come in and have the option to customize everything and have one stop. Um, and then, you know, we're from USA. So um, if you pay, you pay PLA. And if there's any problem with the um, products, we'll, we'll um, make sure that we'll guarantee them and then we make them for you. So just a little bit more safety than ordering from someone who you don't know overseas. That's a little bit terrifying. Yeah. It sounds like um, you've just created a lot of different ways to help people be successful, um, either by working with you or just using your manufacturers. Um, yeah. So and that's- I was born. Yeah, and it was born from a need for for my team. Um, our team in Asia was getting um, to the point that they were so efficient that they were making lashes faster. So then I have more lash than PLA actually sells every day. And I don't want to lay anyone off. That's how we came to the conclusion of like, let's open this door and then make lashes for other people. Because if I don't make it for them, they order it from other places anyway. Um, so if there's a way for me to make it, keep my employees, um, you know, filled with their jobs and we don't have to let anyone go and um, keep paying them right, you know, keep paying for health insurance and all of this stuff, we want to make sure that um, we bring in a source of income as well. That's how it kind of started. So, um I feel like this has kind of come up in conversation before where people have said, you know, there's a lot of brands that are coming out. Is that really good for the industry? And it sounds like you're you are still helping the industry. You are helping people achieve their dreams. And um, if that's something that they're wanting to do, they're going to do it anyways. But you're helping them do it without all of the mistakes um, that most people make when they first start doing it. And also some of the things that the other manufacturers make too. So um, I'm hearing just like you guys are really all about building the industry and you're um, not even concerned with, um, I, I don't know, I don't feel like you're anybody, I'm sure you guys are competitive, but it doesn't sound like you guys are driven by that, if that makes sense. Yeah, so we try, we're competitive, but we are not in the sense of competitive as I step on other people to to get to where we are. Uh, I truly believe that so there are more eyelash brands than ever we have ever had, right? Um, ever in, in the years, in the 17 years that I've been in lashing. But I feel like not everyone's going to be the Dior of lashing. Not everyone's going to be at the L'Oreal of lashing. There's a lot of room for very small niche brand that specialize in different things. And also what you consider success, make, you know, six figures. Some people consider that success, make seven figures, make eight figures. Um, the more money you make, obviously it comes with more stress, comes with more responsibility. Um, what kind of level of success do you want to get to? You want to open a lash line and net 150 grand a year and have that as a good living and it's just you and an assistant worked on it great good for you instead of lashing full time you could do that and in order for you to net 150 grand a year you don't have to sell that many packages and and for some other people you know they need to net three million dollars a year then their operation is in a whole nother level so i think there's a tons of room for people for success um, I just think a lot of time when people go into this business, um, there's so many coaching available where people go, 
sign up with me and make six figures, sign up with me and make seven figures. I think it's so misleading for people to look at that and say, I'm going to put a credit card down and pay for these coaching lessons and listen to these promises. And I'm going to make seven figures. I promise you that if they make seven figures, they're not going to sell coaching lessons on how you build a brand because I don't have time for that. People come and ask me all the time, Michelle, would you coach people how to build a brand? And I said, well, number one, I'm still learning every day. I don't know half of the stuff I'm doing. Number two, I don't have the time for it. I have to run my business, right? So so if they sell it to you for like $200, probably not, probably not. Please tell me, I know a lot of people are doing it. But I don't want people that, I don't want no. people that. You, this is so, this is so prevalent right now and it needs to be said. I, I also think that a lot of times those oh, courses, <laughs> those courses are sold with like a certain knowing that it's the people that they're selling to that are giving them that lifestyle that they're selling back to you as like material things or whatever they're using in their imagery. But I, I get what you're saying. Um, you're not saying anything, I think, controversial. You're just... I, I agree. Yeah. Be selective with your coach, though. Like, I think there's a tons of coaches out there that are good. I take um, I take um, uh, lessons myself. So English is not my first language. I take um, speaking lessons just because I stumble all the time. Um, but um, but when I you have a good coach, it's awesome. Look at your coach. Look at the track of success, right? And then look at what business they have built and how great they did it. If they're great, then yes. But if all they say is, I sold 2,000 coaching sessions and I make seven figures, well, you just contributed to that seven figures and good luck. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and it's outside of our industry, too. Like, it's it's all throughout different industries. It's happening. Um, I think especially with COVID, people are just trying to find other ways to make money. But um Anyway, speaking of, you know, building the industry in a positive way, you guys um, do something really unique and interesting called Paris Pays Your Bills. Can you talk a little bit about that? So Paris Pays Your Bills um, was born out of the, uh, uh, the need of giving back to the community. So when I first start um, the last a POA. I was in Lash Form all the time, and I would be answering a million questions. And people, once I launch a product line, probably I launch with like ten SKU, ten different product, um, tiny bit, five little basket. Um, and I say, hey, I launched my product line. There were people on the Lash Form that were buying my products, which I was shocked. I'm like, why are you buying my product? This, you know, you don't know who I am. Um, and then I realized the Lash industry is incredibly generous so i've had i've met so many generous people along the way of you know they say yes i could buy this of a big brand but i want to try your product um so i loved that and i said when i do okay when poe does okay i want to give back to the community that's why most of our class are pretty much free um and any little money we make from the class go into a fund and that money every month we give out about twenty thousand dollars in different forms sometimes we pay for people's bills help them build a salon we have a lot of domestic violence victim people that have their place you know burned or whatnot they dm 
besides the money that we give away publicly, they DM PLA and we always try to figure out a way to help them from that fund of money. Um, and that's my way of saying thank you so much for trying my product a nobody, um, you know, and help us get to this level of, of business. Um, and I'm hoping we can continue to keep it going so that that way, um, you know, we can keep giving back to the very generous community that, that built us. Wow, that is incredible. Thank you for being so amazing to our community. You guys are um, on a whole other level. So I would still be blushing, you know, t- six days a week if it wasn't for those customers. Um, and, and I'm very aware of how how lucky I am that, you know, there's so many brands and, and so many people support POA during, you know, our best time and also our missteps too. We had so many missteps along the way through growing um, and people were were gracious. People were very forgiving um, and gave me an opportunity to make it right for them. So, um, so I'm grateful for sure. And, and, you know, you didn't mention this, but you can hear it a lot. Um, you, you guys, you you don't even have to try as hard to um, market yourselves anymore because ev- other people are doing it for you. They are so happy with the products and the brand and just have fallen in love with you guys that they're doing the talking for you. I see it still in the forums all the time, and it's not even somebody that works for you. So you guys have done an awesome job. So congratulations on all of your success. I have one more question for you. Um, so you guys just launched a really, really cool thing um, for December. Um, this episode is coming out second week of December, but can you please share um, about the Advent calendar? Yes, the Advent calendar. Um, the, it's not my idea. The Advent calendar is Caitlin McInnich of VPF Marketing's idea. Um, the end of last year, um, she came to me and she said, I want to make an Advent calendar. And I kind of looked at her and I'm like, Advent calendar. I mean, you know, we try to have people buy what they need and tell them not to buy all the things they don't need. What are you going to put in the Advent calendar? And I have bought a few Advent calendar, you know, prior outside of lashes. Um, I've bought, you know, a couple brand I likes Advent calendar. And I always got so mad when I got like, um, you know, napkin with their like logo stamp on it or like stickers. Um, and I'm like, I don't, I don't want this. So I told her, I said, if you want to do an advent calendar, you do it. You come up with the idea for it. You tell me how, you know, you want to make it. But my condition is no napkin, no sticker, only things people can use and actually be useful. And she said, okay, so she worked really hard on it. And it's now on our websites to sell is 25 boxes and all the things are a little bit very different about a third of the items in there um, are um, uh, limited items so you will not be able to buy it outside um, they were designed specifically for the advent calendar which i was really really excited about and then on the 25th we actually have a few big ticket items and actually two of those were um, tickets for up to um, um, your um, conference so, so I'm very excited. Actually, I think one person already won it. Really? You really? I think one person already um, won it. So she DM us and let us know. And then there's one more winner. We're waiting to see who's going to get that one. Um, How so cool. yeah, you won. 
to go to Lash Pass Summit, you have an opportunity to buy the Advent calendar. You may win a ticket in there. Um, so they have, you know, that uh, 25 number is a t a something for yourself. So, you know, either a treat, tickets, um, makeup, whatever it is for yourself. It doesn't have anything much to do with lashings besides an opportunity to go to Lash Pass Summit, which I'm so excited about. I cannot wait. I heard the tickets are on sale. Yes, they are right now. So, um, yes, if you want to hear Michelle speak, we also have Ashley, which I, I know we didn't get enough time. I could talk to you forever, but um, Ashley is also with PLA now, Ashley Gonzalez, um, and she's going to be on stage as well. So I'm so excited you're going to get to experience the summit for the first time. I was so upset I missed it last year. I was in a different class and then Caitlin and Bo get to go. And I think for about three days, they take pictures and video every day. They're like, you should have been here. You should have been here. And I think at like the second days, I thought about abandoning my class and then flew to Texas instead. That's how much they loved your conference. And they said they never seen anything so intimate with so much um, values. Um, and, and often we go to very big conferences, but they, they said that this is probably the conference where they went to and they feel the most connected to, to the people there. Um, and I'm so excited. And we're having a booth too. Yes, I'm excited yeah. for that. Yay. Me too. Very exciting. Awesome. Well, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it sounds like you guys have just grown so much. You gave so many gems in this episode and, um, you're so giving and generous and thank you for everything that you do for the community. I speak for everyone in it. We, um, I don't know where we would be without you guys. So thank you. This will be thriving. You guys would Great. Thank you so much. I, I want to take the opportunity and say thank you, Shelby, for always being so generous with your information as well. I know um, Lash, com Lash community is friendly, but very competitive. Um, and I um, heard about you from Paul with Lashcast and Caitlin and Bo. And until I met you in person, I really realized what a genuine person you are. Because um, sometimes when you meet people and you're like, oh, are they as nice as we think they are? And um, I've met Shelby now a few times and, and you're just so genuine and you have a special light about you um, that you share and you don't, you know, encourage competitions. And I love that. that I think that's why you're so successful at what you do with running the salon and teaching and, you know, products and the podcast. And I think that's why everyone loves your conference because they go there and they feel like home. So I'm, I'm excited to experience your conference myself. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for coming on the show and sharing all your wisdom. I'm sure it's not the last time we'll be seeing you on the show. And I'm looking forward to seeing you in April for the summit. Thank you. I look forward to seeing you too. Thanks, Shelby.